Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. Serving spiritual seekers around the world. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, offering insights and practices for spiritually conscious living today with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien from the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California. To ask questions or join the discussion, email us at yogahour at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, our time to open our hearts and our minds to the infinite. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and I'll be sharing with you today some insights and practices from the spiritual tradition of yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization. Yoga is a familiar Sanskrit word, but it isn't always understood as its, its deepest meaning, which is oneness, union or unity, and it refers to bringing our attention and our awareness to consciously rest in our essential spiritual nature, or it can be defined as being restored to our original wholeness, abiding in that which we are. It is self-realization. It is not only knowing this true spiritual nature, but then, of course, living in harmony with it. And today we're going to talk about that. Our topic is Let Your Light Shine, Encouraging Words for Living Your Divine Purpose. And this is uh, continuing in the series of uh, conversations on the Bhagavad Gita. And joining us today is Dr. Jay Kumar. Dr. Kumar is Professor of Indian Religion, Yoga Philosophy, and Cognitive Studies at Chapman University and La Marymount University. His research interests also encompass mind-body medicine, neurotheology, and neuropsychology of consciousness. Additionally, he is a certified Hatha Yoga and Meditation Instructor, international motivation speaker, Vedic astrologer, energy healer, writer, and hosts a weekly syndicated national radio show, which is Awake with Dr. J. Kumar. Uh, his new book, The Science and Spirituality of Health and Happiness, will be available this fall. And he's really focused on supporting people in connecting to and realizing their full potential. And 
making our contribution to the transformation of life on this planet. You can find out more about Dr. J at his website, drjkumar.com. Good morning, Dr. J, and welcome to the Yoga Hour. It's my pleasure, Ellen, to be here. Thank you for this gracious invitation. And so before we begin our conversation about letting our light shine, let's take a moment to turn our attention towards that light within us in a moment of meditation. Any moment can be a moment of yoga, a moment of divine remembrance, a moment of returning to the self. So in this moment, let's open our hearts and our minds to divine omnipresence, remembering that one reality called by many names is the source and the support and the substance of all that is. So that means right where we are, right now, this divine essence is present. It is present as you, as me, as everyone, as everything. So when we meditate, we're not trying to find that presence, but we are turning our attention to abide in it. So simply let your attention move from the periphery of your awareness, from being involved in sensory perception, thought, activity. Close your eyes for a moment. Turn your attention within and direct your awareness into the depths. And you can use your breath to do this if you like. When you breathe in, simply Feel that you're drawing your attention within. And when you breathe out, feel that you're letting go of any distraction or any stress. Breathing in. Diving within with full attention. Breathing out, letting go. When our thoughts and feelings begin to subside, the mental field begins to be clarified, starts to be clear of restless activity. We can become aware of our essential nature, that which is witnessing thought beyond all change and phenomena, unmoving, birthless, deathless being. And as we become aware of this essential nature, peace fills the mind and fills the body. So gather up that peace for yourself now. Invite it into your mind and into your body. And remember to let this peace now overflow into the world, blessing everyone that you meet today.
This morning, we're going to take a look at how the teachings in the Bhagavad Gita are supportive of personal and planetary healing. In this first segment, we'll look at personal healing, what that means, and how it can be supported by these teachings in the Gita. While the Bhagavad Gita opens with Arjuna, the warrior and seeking soul in a great crisis, we, we soon discover that what is needed for his healing is truly at hand. Divine support in the form of Krishna, the higher true self, begins to offer him instruction, guidance, and inspiration. And following Arjuna's lament about how he just can't see the way forward before him, he can't engage in this battle um, that is his duty to fight, there's a wonderfully tender moment, a tender scene where Krishna responds to this lament of Arjuna and then the teaching begins. And the text tells us that before Krishna speaks, he smiles. And I've always found that to be um, such a poignant moment in the Bhagavad Gita, this felt sense of compassion and wisdom and the higher consciousness that sees beyond what the confused mind is capable of seeing at any moment. Um, you know, it, it is helping us be in touch with that divine self that really is not worried. Even when we're in a crisis, there is that presence that sees all and is not worried. And so from this higher vision, the lesson unfolds. Jay, what do you find encouraging um, in these teachings of the Bhagavad Gita that are supportive of our, our healing and fulfilling our potential? Regardless of whether you are uh, adherent to the Hindu philosophy or the yogic philosophy, the teachings of the Gita, and this is a, this, this is a text I actually teach in my, uh, in my courses at Chapman University and LMU, really allows us to cultivate what I call, it's the GPS for the soul. And I like that word because GPS, because rather than saying it's a global positioning satellite, I call it the GPS, the Gita, as a God positioning scripture. And that really is, for me, the beauty about the, the Gita and how it really can cultivate within you a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in your life because the, 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 the kernel or the, the, the juice of the Gita really is about allowing yourself to be positioned in that state of fullness and wholeness to the divine and remembering that that is our true nature. And to, uh, and to forget that we are divine and to forget that we are connected to the divine principle and that sacred energy of the divine at every moment in our life, that is the disease. And so when I teach the Gita to my students, um, I really position the, the Gita as a, as a text or as a metaphor for healing because the disease that is being healed is the disease of ignorance, the disease of separation, the disease of fragmentation. And the, 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 the teachings of the Gita are, are metaphorical in the sense that Krishna is the cosmic healer. Krishna is the divine uh, physician, if you will, uh, taking this metaphor and analogy, and, and Arjuna is the patient. But Arjuna represents... The, he embodies the existential crisis that everyone goes through at some point in his or her life. 
And the Gita, at its real core, is a beautiful story, a beautiful metaphor and tale that endows us and enables us to really feel at the core of our being that sense of wholeness and oneness and to be healed of that disease of separation. I find that the setting in which the Gita is offered to us um, is also helpful in terms of making it accessible. You know, once you understand the metaphor of the battlefield and what the what what the battle is and what the uh, warriors represent, because. Um, the idea that, you know, this is not yoga, you know, Arjuna is is not a yogi in a cave um, contemplating, you know, the nature of reality. Um, he is a warrior on the battlefield of life, and his struggle, you know, is with his relatives, yeah. his struggle, his struggles right. with his job, his struggle is with himself and uh, and his own inner conflict. So, you know, once we understand that metaphor, I think the teachings become very accessible to us. And then, of course, this um, metaphor of the of the nearness uh, of the divine. You know, Krishna, the higher true self, being in the same chariot, right? You know, as uh, as as Arjuna. So um, that is very helpful. That. This, this whole um, image is given to us early on, you know, that the divine self is right there with us. And, of course, the crucial thing is that Arjuna, in his despondency, finally turns and says, help me. So, he, you know, he becomes receptive, which is key, you know, and then the, the teachings come, you know, like the Ganga, right? <laughs> you know, once right, that- they just flow out, right. And I think you're so, you're so beautiful, you beautifully encapsulated a really key metaphor of the Gita. And if you, when you read the Gita in the original Sanskrit, which I'm sure many of you may not have the chance to do, but this is where I come in, the very first phrase, and you might be aware of this, Ellen, the very first word or phrase in the Gita is this word called Dharma Kshetre. And it literally translates into, in the battlefield of Dharma. That is the real, there are, there are two battles taking place in the Gita itself. One is the actual physical battle uh, and war that's taking place between uh, Arjuna um, alongside his brothers battling against the evil uh, cousins on the other side. But the real uh, uh, battle that's taking place for Arjuna is his despondency, is his existential crisis to perform his duty and to really be able to uh, feel at peace with his actions, knowing that he has to go into war and do battle with people that he cares about very deeply. And so here is the other great metaphor that you, that you, that you pictured so nicely, is that Arjuna is, uh, is accompanied by Krishna in the same chariot. If you take the metaphor of the chariot as the physical body, and you take the Arjuna uh, to represent the, the Atman, or the individualized self, Krishna is the divine self that is always present within us. And sometimes we are blind to the fact that we, are, uh, we take this road trip, if you will, with the divine. We, we're, on, we're on the sacred journey of life, with the divine presence of uh, the cosmos, of, 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 of God or goddess. The name is irrelevant, but the essence is what he teaches in this metaphor is that 
the, the access and the accessibility to the divine are all present. What prevents us from connecting to the divine essence that resides within us is the, is the, is the disease of separation. And this disease of separation really is a result of the term that's, that comes about in the Gita called avidya, which means ignorance or delusion. And the, the ignorance is to feel, and, and the ignorance is to, is, to, is to convince ourselves that we are separate from God, that we are separate from the universe. That's the ultimate root disease. And Krishna, in his divine glory and, his, and in, in his status as the healer, lifts this cloud of ignorance, this maya, this illusion that has fallen upon Arjuna in this crisis. And it's um, it's so beautifully unfolds. And, you know, before we go to the break, I thought I would just um, add on to what you were saying, Jay, about um, Arjuna and the task before him and the, the healing. It is this primal error. But, you know, we see Arjuna as someone, you know, we're told, of course, that he's a capable warrior. Um, and I think he also symbolizes for us that... Um, point on the spiritual journey where we're really ready for this breakthrough and you know prior to the opening of the Gita um, you know Arjuna is given the choice whether he wants Krishna's army or he wants Krishna as support (laughs) and so you know, yeah. he, he chooses Krishna. And so, you know, I was thinking about this this morning that, um, you know, there's that juncture where we do embark upon the spiritual path, you know, and that, so we are, we're making a choice to do that. But then, you know, once we do, we find um, that there is a learning before us and there's a process of spiritual unfoldment. So I think the Gita can help us in that way to see that, you know, we make the turn. But then, as it tells us, we have some practice to do, and we have some obstacles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we had some obstacles to face, and so when we come back, we'll also talk a little more about individual healing and take a look at planetary healing with regard to what the Gita can offer us. Um, you're listening to the Yoga Hour with Dr. J. Kumar, and we'll be back with you in just a moment. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The present moment is the point of action in my life, my opportunity to create my bliss. There is no need to ruminate on the past or daydream about the future when I can do something constructive with the now. Taking advantage of the present moment is like waking up in the morning I'm no longer in a dreamlike state. Instead, 
I'm fully awake and aware of what is before me. Why postpone the life I desire? Right here and right now, I can begin creating it. That may mean making a business plan, enrolling in school, or moving a relationship to the next level. Whatever my dreams, I can advance them in the present moment. Guided and supported by God, I live my best life now. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word Digital Magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. You have a good life and are grateful for it. But what if you stretched beyond good and shifted to amazing? Join Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of the First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, as she guides you on a journey to an amazing life. Transcend the need for acceptance of others and be an example of living the truth. Empower your life and fully express the wondrous energy, love, and joy you hold in your wildest imagining. Joyfully and actively know that more important than what happens after you die is the deeper and enriching concern for what happens while you're living. How can you experience an amazing life right now? Learn how each week on From Good to Amazing, Mondays at 4 p.m. Central Time, right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. We now return to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien and I'm joined today by Dr. J. Kumar, Professor of Indian Religion and Yoga Philosophy. You can find out more about Dr. J's work at Dr. J. Kumar, K-U-M-A-R dot com. And in this segment, we're going to take a look at um, how the Bhagavad Gita connects us to planetary healing. In the first segment, we talked about individual healing and um, how the focus is really on this primary error, this primary problem, which is um, an error in perception and knowing the truth of who we are, avidya. And, you know, avidya doesn't necessarily mean that we that we don't know. It has a a beautiful way of um, explaining that we we know who we are, but the problem is who we think we are is incorrect. <laughs> so it's ignorance um, or wrong knowing. It means wrong knowing. So it, it's not that we don't think we know who we are, but it's that we mistake who we are. And so um, Dr. J was focused in the first segment on how healing is really about that primal error avidya and the way in which the Gita can help us with that. And now we're going to take a look at planetary healing. And there's a particularly encouraging verse that the Gita provides, which is an assurance that life is always divinely supported. And it reminds us that 
The influence of God is always at work in the world to heal, to uplift, and to support a spiritual awakening on both the individual and planetary levels. And this is in the fourth chapter, verses 7 and 8. Krishna tells Arjuna, Whenever there's a decrease of righteousness and an increase of unrighteousness, I come into manifestation for the protection of the virtuous, for the removal of non-virtue, and to establish righteousness, dharma. I come into manifestation from age to age. And, of course, this... Uh, assurance rests on a view of a divinely ordered universe where there is an evolutionary trend towards growth, awakening, and fulfillment. Um, so, Dr. J, let's talk a little bit about that. What What does the philosophy of the Gita tell us about planetary uh, evolution? Oh, my goodness. There's so much I can talk about this. I wish we had more than an hour. But I actually, I actually teach an entire college, a university course on uh, health, healing and wholeness in world religions. And I, I, I'm saying that because I want to uh, share with all of you a really key concept that, I, that many of you might not be aware of. I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but the word health, the word to heal, are actually derived from the word whole, W-H-O-L-E, and uh, holy, and um, uh, hail, H-A-I-L. And so there's a really deep semantic connection and this is true not only in English but in many languages of the world that 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 uh, unify this deeper sense of to be healed or to be in a state of health truly is about returning to one state of wholeness and I'm going to actually take that one step further which is really great and and to say that in many languages of the world, not only do we find a deep, intimate connection between the word health and wholeness, in many languages of the world as well, the word for separation, fear, disease, and illness tend to derive from the number or the numeral two, duality. And so what I'm really trying, the picture I'm trying to paint here for you is that personal and planetary healing come about when we as individuals and as a collective begin to embrace a paradigm of wholeness. When we begin to see that everything is interconnected, when we begin to really ground our worldview in a uh, philosophy that sees you, me, the planet, the earth, the animals, the trees, the leaves, the rivers, and all aspects of nature abiding in this unified state of harmony, grace, and wholeness. And that really, for me, is the beauty about what the Gita teaches, about how we can really evolve into not only personal healing and personal wholeness, but also planetary healing and planetary wholeness. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the core teachings that I uh, advance in my, in my um, college courses, but also my lecture and speak, is, the, is this really fundamental notion that the personal and the planetary are connected. When you begin to heal or become whole as an individual, that in turn begins to beget and engender planetary healing. And so if we want to see planetary wholeness, and we want to, if we're trying to achieve the intention for planetary healing, guess what? It all begins with you. 
And so the goal to planetary healing really is about the first step is personal healing and remembering that you are connected to something greater. You are connected to the divine in every level of your being. That is the core teaching of the Gita. The word yoga, as you so rightfully said, Ellen, means union. And so the yoga that's being advanced in the Gita is not asana, it's not posture, it's not doing a downward-facing dog or, 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 or a side-angle pose. The real yoga in the Gita that's being advanced by Krishna to Arjuna is the deep yoga, the union of feeling that profound connection you have in alignment to spirit, to universe, and to nature, and to everything else at all times. And that is a really beautiful description of uh, oneness, of wholeness, you know, and how it is that as we awaken spiritually, um, we come to experience, of course, our wholeness, our oneness with the divine self. We, we become self-realized, awakened to our own divine nature. But we know that, you know, not in isolation, you know, it's not that God is expressing as us and everyone else is separate from that <laughs> the rest of life is separate from that you know we see that 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 this divine reality is expressing in everyone and in everything you know when we talk about planetary healing and and yoga and the message of the gita you know one of the things that comes to me is that you know when we're suffering from avidya from this uh, error in perception of of who we are and we're and we're grounded in ego rather than the higher true self um, this sense of separation is always uh, um, competitive, right? It's always trying to get for itself, and um, it it can never experience um, fulfillment because its perspective is always limited. So, you know, we can look at that as the root of you know some of the greatest ills that we have in the world today: uh, materialism, you know, yes. wanting more and more and more, and you know, which leads to uh, depleting the the planet, and uh, you know, political tension that lead to war, you know, at, at, at the root of that is not understanding our, our oneness uh, with one another and, um, you know, and our relationship, uh, you know, to the earth as well. So this, uh, this spiritual awakening gives uh, the individual a sense of fulfillment that then transforms the way that we live. And I think that's the key, as you mentioned, you know, to planetary healing. If we want to see um, the world change, then, you know, it, it begins in consciousness, a transformation of consciousness. But that has to lead, and it does lead, to a change in how we approach uh, our way of, of living. Right, precisely. You know, I... And on my own radio show, Awake with Dr. J. Kumar, I, this is a key topic we talk about. One of the, one of the key fun quotes I like to sh- I share is like, don't buy more, just be more. We don't have to find our sense of value in the latest iPad or the latest sense of fashion or the latest sense of what the Kardashians are doing. It's really about finding that inner sense of who you are, that true sense of being. And I'm going to share with you a great quote, and it's one of my favorite quotes And it says, almost the whole world is asleep. Everyone you look at and everywhere you go, only a few of us are truly awake and we live in total and constant amazement. 
And that quote doesn't come from, uh, from any of the religious spiritual texts from India or any of the world traditions. It comes from this really fun movie from the 80s, Joe vs. the Volcano, which is a Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks film. <laughs> and it really encapsulates a deep sense of we are becoming awake. In fact, you might be, I know you're aware of this, the, 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 the word in the Sanskrit language for awakened one is Buddha, B-U-D-D-H-A, the Buddha. So the Buddha is the one who is awakened from the ignorance of separation. And it really is about understanding that it's the separation that really causes this, this, this disease and we, we, we uh, find manifestations of this disease as our disconnection from, the, from, from nature, our disconnection to each other. Seeing ourselves as, as being in this us versus them mentality. And this really is the, the, um, the etiology, if you will, of this disease of separation, which leads to ignorance, hatred, jealousy, violence, uh, and all the other ills that we're seeing. Uh, you might be familiar, this is actually comes from the Buddhist tradition. There's a great Vietnamese Buddhist monk called Thich Nhat Hanh. You might be familiar with him. And Thich Nhat Hanh is a beautiful phrase that says, the next Buddha is going to be the entire planet. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Not just an individual, but the entire human species, the entire planet awakens into a collective whole. And that mm-hmm. really is the, the, the true gift of what the Gita offers us. It is this understanding that we can connect at any moment in our life to that divine state of oneness, to that divine state of wholeness. And for those of you listening uh, to the show you might wonder, well, is this idea of wholeness and oneness only common in the Eastern traditions? Well, you know what? We actually find that same sense of wholeness and oneness abounding in the Western religion traditions, the Abrahamic traditions of Judaism, uh, Christianity, and Islam. And one nice example of this is the word salvation. The Christian notion of salvation, when you go to the etymology of that word, it comes from salvus, which means not only to be, to be healthy, but to be whole. And so at its, at its real core meaning, the, 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 the principle of Christian salvation is the restoration to wholeness from, mm-hmm. the fall, from that original sin of, of disconnection from God. It all, it all points back to awakening to that which we are. And of course, this, this Buddha nature, um, is within us all. And it, and it's not so much that we have to wake up, um, that we are, uh, asleep because there is that which we truly are, which is already, already awake, always awake, <laughs> you know, was never asleep. But it's a matter of, um, clearing away, you know, whatever obstructs our awareness of that which is so. And an interesting thing that the Gita tells us about our role in planetary healing is that, um, we have to participate in it. You know, that, that's the message that I get, you know, from Arjuna's crisis. You know, he, he's a little overwhelmed, of course, in the first chapter. He, he looks out there and he thinks, this is too much. You know, I can't do it. And I think that's a feeling that many of us have, you know, when we look at, you know, whether it's a situation just in our own family or our community or, or the global situation. We think, well, what, you know, what can I do? You know, maybe it's better just not to do anything at all. Um, um, but the Gita is very clear that we we cannot refrain from action. 
Um, and, and, and so we really need to learn about, you know, how to act in a way that is consistent with, uh, truth. And of course, Arjuna's role is really to, um, protect the Dharma. You know, that he, that's the, that's what his warrior spirit is about. And I want to read just a paragraph from, um, The Eternal Way, The Inner Meaning of the Bhagavad Gita, this uh, commentary by my guru, Roy Eugene Davis. He says, Arjuna is portrayed as one whose duty it is to uphold and defend when necessary the Dharma, the eternal way of righteousness, the orderly processes by which evolution is able to effectively fulfill its purposes. It is therefore of interest to us that he, a warrior presumed dedicated to duty, shrinks from it when the challenge seems to him to be too great. In this we see human nature at its most vulnerable. It's easy to do what we are capable of doing or what seems worthwhile. It's not always so easy to commit ourselves wholeheartedly when confused about the issues or uncertain of our skills. And uh, so that, you know, he goes on to say that, you know, we have to courageously dedicate ourselves to intentional right actions for the purpose of putting an end to all troubles that are common to this um, lower consciousness or self-conscious condition. So it's for all of us to be involved in planetary healing. Right. It's We're all part of the shift. We're all part of the transformation. And, you know... One great, uh, I, as you probably get, I, I, I enjoy uh, advancing uh, many of the deeper teachings of the Gita with, with humor and with, uh, with levity um, to my students. And the, the phrase I often say is that um, we're living in a time right now of great transformation and change where I believe the planet is unifying. We as a species are coming into that state of wholeness. And I like to say, you know, the shift hit the fan. <laughs> and we're just we're just trying to we're just trying to uh you know how to how to how to how to really manage the shift you know mm-hmm. the shift hit the fan and how we're trying to really cope with the shift into wholeness and transformation of the planet and this is where the gita, the teachings of the gita really can be a great benefit to help us uh navigate the great transformation and shifts that are taking place on a global level Absolutely, and looking out and seeing um, crisis, you know, as as opportunity. Um, and Paramahansa Yogananda said, you know, God's will will be done. And in, to this, he was really referring to this evolutionary process on the planet as, you know, God's will being done. But, and he said, God's will will be done whether random individuals cooperate with it or not. But how much better it is for us when we cooperate. So how much better for us when we're able to see this process, this evolutionary process, and, um, you know, roll up our sleeves and get on with this process of conscious yep. living. And that's, yep. an, that's an encouraging message from the Gita. Um, you know, and Krishna says to Arjuna, arise, you know, Stand up. You know, this is your time. And that's what I see about this evolutionary um, thrust, uh, the time that we're living in. You know, this is our time, and we're perfectly equipped um, to contribute to healing on our planet today. We're going to take a break now, and when we come back, we're going to talk about 
a little bit more about how it is that the Gita tells us we're destined for success. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and you've been listening to the Yoga Hour with special guest Dr. Jay Kumar. His website is drjkumar.com. We'll be back with you in just a moment. Affirm the good that flows within you and stretch to reach your divine potential with daily inspirational messages from Daily Word. The present moment is the point of action in my life, my opportunity to create my bliss. There is no need to ruminate on the past or daydream about the future when I can do something constructive with the now. Taking advantage of the present moment is like waking up in the morning I'm no longer in a dreamlike state. Instead, I'm fully awake and aware of what is before me. Why postpone the life I desire? Right here and right now, I can begin creating it. That may mean making a business plan, enrolling in school, or moving a relationship to the next level. Whatever my dreams, I can advance them in the present moment. Guided and supported by God, I live my best life now. Daily Word magazine is now available in a digital format. A one-year subscription to Daily Word digital magazine with audio is only $9.95. That's less than three cents a day to start your day right, centered and connected to the truth within you. To learn how you can subscribe to this online interactive magazine, go to www.dailyword.com. Good parenting doesn't happen by default. It's intentional. It's a decision about who you'll be and what you'll do in your family life. Join your hosts, Reverends Jennifer and Ogan Holder, each week for Unity Family Matters as they guide you on a spiritual journey, creating conscious family life. Experience the light side of parenting, realizing your divine identity while raising your children to know they are the light of God. Gain insights based on unity principles. Talk with today's prominent experts in spiritual parenting and address your questions and comments from spiritual perspectives. Unity Family Matters. Every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You're listening to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. If you have a question, please submit it via email at yogahour at unity.fm, and we will respond. Now, back to the Yoga Hour. Welcome back to the Yoga Hour. I'm Ellen Grace O'Brien, and my guest today is Dr. Jay Kumar. In this segment, um, in our conversation about the Bhagavad Gita, we're going to be looking at how it is that we are destined for success. At the conclusion of the Bhagavad Gita, we learn that Arjuna's doubts have been cleared up. You know, and we see that he's inspired, uh, he's encouraged, and ready to act in accordance with his duty in life. And the narrator of the story, Sanjaya, returns with praises of this divine dialogue. And the last verse says, wherever there is Krishna, 
the Lord of Yoga, and Arjuna, the archer, there will surely be splendor, victory, wealth, and righteousness. This is my conviction. And uh, in the commentary that I read from earlier on the Bhagavad Gita, The Eternal Way, Roy Eugene Davis paraphrases this um, verse by saying, I am convinced that wherever there is supreme consciousness which determines all outcomes, wherever there is a true devotee of God, there will surely be radiant good fortune, victory over all obstacles, spontaneous well-being, and the establishment of righteousness. So you can't get much more encouraged than that. And the Gita makes it clear, I think, throughout that this uh, success is really that winning combination of self-discipline or self-effort and the presence of uh, divine grace. So how do you see that the Gita assures us that we're destined for success and uh, helps point us in that direction, Jay? Well, you know, I, I, I'll share with you uh, one of my insights. I don't think that we are destined for success. We are uh, born to success. <laughs> you know, we are born to be happy. We are born to be healthy and vibrant at all moments in our lives. And it really is going back to a key understanding of how we define success and happiness. Our culture, unfortunately, has a very narrow or maybe misguided definition of success, meaning that we have to have a beautiful home or a perfect spouse uh, or own the best car as a, as, a, as a yardstick for success. But I define success truly as being in the harmonious flow of the universe and to know when you are just connected to that divine essence within you, success just flows through you, abundance flows through you, prosperity and joy flow through you in every way. And that last, par- that last verse that you so wonderfully quoted from the Gita, in a way encapsulates that. I am actually uh, I, I'm talking about this in, in this upcoming book you mentioned, The Science and Spirituality of Health and Happiness coming out in the fall, in this idea that true authentic happiness, true authentic well-being is a result when we are in true harmony with our dharma. And so I want to talk about this word dharma because it gets thrown about a lot in the Gita. And for many people, it can be a little bit confusing if you're coming across this word, word for the first time. And so to really understand the the notion of dharma, you have to go into the meaning of the word in the Sanskrit language. The word dharma actually comes from this verb, the Sanskrit verb dhri, D-H-R, which means to be firm or firmly established. It actually is cognate, you can think about this, it's actually cognate to words in Latin and English like duration, to endure, durability. And so what I really say is that dharma is our ability to firmly hold on to the divine essence of who we are and to firmly be established in all of our actions connected to, the, to divinity. Mm. And suffering is nothing more, and I really want you to get this, suffering is nothing more than resistance to dharma. <laughs> and happiness and abundance is acceptance to dharma. Mm-hmm. 
being. And, and by that, we can uh, also remember that as you're describing dharma, it is really being established in truth, right? Yes. You know, dharma, this way of righteousness, is, is living in accordance with truth, living in harmony with our, our true nature. Um, when thinking about success, I think it is um, wonderful how, how you um, pointed out that it's really important for us to consider what does success really mean? Um, I, I think that's a, a really important question to ask. You know, do we want to let culture um, outwardly define for us what success is, um, or do we turn to our spiritual tradition um, and to the wisdom there in terms of what success is? And 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 we also have to look at our own experience of it. You know, and that's one of the things, of course, that brings people um, to the spiritual path. That the ideas they had of what would bring happiness, various avenues of success, they find are ultimately limited because what we're seeking is the infinite. Um, Paramahansa Paramahansa Yogananda said, one is wisest who seeks God and most successful who finds him. (laughs) Right, precisely. And it really goes back to a key teaching of the Gita, and you mentioned this earlier. Dharma is about abiding in truth. And the truth that we're, that it's being advanced in the Gita, that be that being that's really being advanced in much of the yoga philosophy, is understanding that the true nature of reality is about understanding your connection and the interconnectedness to everything and everyone. That is the truth. And a nice metaphor, maybe I can close to maybe um, use this nice uh, picture or analogy, uh, which gets used a lot in yoga philosophy, are the waves in the ocean. If you think about the ocean, the ocean, out of the ocean arises all the different waves. These are all individual ways of consciousness. These are all individual ways of being. And if you can imagine, there are 7 billion waves in the cosmic ocean abiding in the world right now. Our problem is, is to see ourselves as being all separate waves from each other. But the true nature is understanding that while we experience ourselves of these ways, we're also the ocean. <laughs> we're also the infinite ocean of being. And so the truth about Dharma that the Gita advances is understanding that not only are you the waves, the individual waves, you're also the ocean. And that's the truth. That's the Dharma. The Dharma is about holding firm to this idea and really being firmly established that at every moment in your life, you are the ocean. You are the cosmic ocean of divine love, divine light, divine essence, and divine being. And that really is the, the, the true gift the Gita offers us. It is, and that, that beautiful um, expression of the metaphor, thinking, uh, understanding that we are waves on the ocean of divine consciousness, um, can also help us see, I think, another teaching that is central in the Gita, that, that is that these qualities of the divine... Uh, indwell us, you know, at the soul level of our being. So just like a wave um, has the the same composition as the ocean, uh, so do we have these divine qualities. And indeed, that's really uh, the the battle of the Gita is the the lower drives um, are pitted against the divine qualities. And so the Gita has a lot to tell us about how we can... um, 
bring forth those divine qualities and not allow the, the lower tendencies, which are based in avidya or ignorance, um, you know, to have uh, dominion. And yes. so it is, you know, as a wave on the ocean of God, we have those divine qualities uh, to bring forth, and that is uh, central to the teaching as well. And thank you so much, Dr. J, for uh, joining me on the Yoga Hour today. And I want to uh, remind the listeners that you can visit Dr. J's website, drjkumar.com, and you can find out there about his radio program and various courses um, that he offers. He also has a Facebook page, which is, is that also Dr. J. Kumar? Correct. And on there um, you can find all the same information. More, more quickly on the Facebook page, Dr. J. Kumar. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I want to invite you all to join me next week as I meet with a special guest, uh, Ila Gandhi, the granddaughter of Mahatma Gandhi, for the program Light Shining in the Darkness, Finding Solace and Enduring Support in the Bhagavad Gita. She's going to be joining us uh, via Skype from uh, South Africa. Uh, For information about our Superconscious Meditation Program, coming up with my guru Roy Eugene Davis on March 23rd and 24th as well as other programs at Center for Spiritual Enlightenment visit our website csecenter.org again uh, thank you so much Dr. J I'm very happy that you could be with us this morning it was my pleasure And we will be continuing for a couple more weeks in this series on the Bhagavad Gita again with uh, Ila Gandhi joining us next week, a very special guest. And I'll look forward to being with you then. Remember, until then, to let your inner light shine into the world and to share your peace and your joy with everyone that you meet. Bye now. Thank you for tuning in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Reverend Ellen Grace O'Brien. Join us every Thursday morning at 10 Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, for practical, purposeful methods for spiritually conscious living every day. The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by friends and members of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, a ministry in the tradition of Kriya Yoga, the ancient science of self and God realization, www.csecenter.org. Request free literature by writing info at csecenter.org. heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists discussing things like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care. Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Oh, no, no, no. He has a list of upcoming guests that sounds like a roll call of the Interfaith Council. Rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? 
better. He's going to introduce a topic and let them go for it. Imagine having a rabbi and a Catholic priest talking about Jesus as a Jew, or asking a biblical literalist to explain creationism to a liberal Christian Bible scholar. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? (laughs) If I know Dr. Tom, he'll keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So, let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. Inspiration only takes a moment. If you are able to safely turn your attention away from the demands of your activities... Quiet your mind and affirm. There is a divine plan at work in my life. I now relax, let go, and let it unfold. Listen attentively, inwardly, without projecting any thoughts about what you think should happen or be experienced. Become as a child, trusting and receptive to the guidance of spirit within. This meditative moment, adapted from Mary Cupferly's God Will See You Through, is brought to you by Unity. God is formless, yet takes many forms. What goes around comes around. Chant the name of the Lord and be free. No one comes to the Father except through me. Ever been confused by the variety and apparent contradiction within world religions? Join Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday for insight into those principles held in common by all the great religious traditions in world spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions. Using discussions, interviews, humor, insight, and practice, Practical advice, we will clarify the confusion and reveal simple yet profound truths. Call in with your questions and ideas and help break down the barriers that separate us from one another. That's World Spirituality with Paul John Roach, Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Jesus taught us that it is our divine creator's great pleasure to give us the kingdom of limitless good. We are all heirs to incredible abundance, and yet many people right now are stuck and struggling in a place of lack. How do we walk the walk and experience vibrant health, profound love, limitless wealth, and overflowing joy in the midst of a world consciousness of lack and separation? Each week, you will learn powerful and practical tools to experience greater abundance in every area of your life. Hear from experts and visionaries that are living examples of sacred abundance and have your questions about prosperity answered from a spiritual perspective. Join Reverend Robin Ryder live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Sacred Abundance, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
Are you ready to experience the rich interconnection of spirituality, orientation, and identity? If so, plan to attend Liberating Your Divine Identity, a retreat at Unity Village during Pride Month, June 9th to the 12th. This soul-filled retreat is facilitated by LGBTQIA plus Unity Ministers with workshops and ceremonies to cultivate a deeper awareness of our spiritual nature. Register at unityvillage.org forward slash I am divine 2022. 